everyone. Welcome to the weekly Yes And podcast, episode 71. This is Travis, the host and creator of the Weekly Yap and the creator of Live Yes And, which is probably how you found me unless you came across the podcast on iTunes, if so, fantastic, which reminds me, and I don't think I've ever done this, everybody, so uh, forgive me uh, if this sounds uh, inappropriate or crude. Now you're really curious about what I'm going to ask. If you get a chance, if you go and give me a ranking or review on iTunes for this podcast, that helps sort of uh, exposure-wise other people who are able to see this and hear the weekly app and hopefully you get some value out of it and when you review and rate at shares and and gives others the opportunity to find the weekly app as well so that is my only ask if you have a comment that you want to share if you want to stroke my ego or encourage others to listen to the app uh, that is awesome as well so here we go weekly uh, uh, the weekly app episode 71 today's guest uh, is is awesome wonderful woman who I met at a conference um, a few months ago, we both spoke at this conference, um, at a wellness conference, and her story is amazing. I can't wait to dig into her story. Uh, so cool. Um, her name is Heidi Siefkes, and uh, we are going to get into that here in a second. And before we do that, just a quick reminder, thank you so much for the feedback for episode 70. For uh, It was a, kind of a, a different type of podcast that I typically do where I, I went a little bit deeper, I think, um, uh, internally, a little deeper spiritually uh, from a messaging standpoint. And uh, apparently that resonated with a lot of you. That's something I'll probably do more of this summer when I have less, uh, fewer interviews lined up. And we'll be doing a little bit more reflection time. So we'll probably be doing a few more of these solo casts uh, over the summer. So if you liked them, great, you'll get more. If you didn't like them and you only like the interviews, I'll have plenty of interviews for you as well. And before we jump into this interview, just a reminder to everyone that the pilot program, 10 Days to Get Unstuck, is starting May 15th. You can still sign up, $20. Go to my website, click on events. Uh, $20, it's gonna be 10 days, 10 activities based on the 10 principles of my book, Three Words for Getting Unstuck, Live Yes And. So each day we're gonna kinda dig into uh, a few key ideas from each chapter and then we're going to think about an idea or a concept for the day that we can put into use in our life. And after 10 days, hopefully, we have found some ways to help us get unstuck. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. So. Go to liveyesand.com or at liveyesand and you can kind of dig into that and be a part of this pilot program. It should be a lot of fun. All right, let's jump into today's interview with Heidi Siefkes. She, uh, she's an author. She has uh, written and published books, When All Balls Drop, With New Eyes, and Cubicle to Cuba. She takes these adventures all over the world but really she loves Cuba. She's taking, she has taken numerous adventures to Cuba. We're gonna get into that today, but more importantly, we're gonna hear how she went from a corporate cubicle life to living this adventurous life, and it is dramatic. I will tell you this, it's very dramatic, life-changing, life-transforming, and uh, she is going to get into that in this interview today, and I can't wait. So without further ado, let's jump out of the cubicle and into Cuba with the one and only Heidi Siefkes. (music) 
So welcome Heidi to the Yes And podcast. Heidi, how are we doing today? I'm fabulous. Thank you so much for having me on board. Now, Heidi and I are both sort of uh, South Florida uh, residents now. I'm a little bit further north than she is, and you're you're in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, so we kind of get to enjoy the good weather, you know, most of the year. How, how are things going for you right now, Heidi? Uh, I love flip-flops, sundresses all year round. I got the retirement move out of the way in my mid-20s uh, before I accumulated, you know, the family photo albums that fit up, you know, an entire U-Haul. Uh, amen to that. Way to get it, way to way to get ahead of the curve. You know, all these all these suckers that wait for like retirement age, and you know, just just if you know where you're going to end up, just go there now, right? Absolutely. Yes, and I have to say, I look wonderful in the sundresses as well. So, uh, so Heidi, uh, uh, I had such a good time, sort of getting to, to speak with you and, and uh, at the the conference at, at Wendy's conference a few months ago, and and then hearing your story, and I was blown away at just what a fun uh, but also inspiring story uh, that you have. And so, before we kind of get into the shift. Uh, can you tell everyone, in, in your intro, I, I told them about the books that you have and the adventuring that you do, but just give us a sense of kind of what is your life and what are you doing right now? I am living, um, my two favorite things to do are travel and tell stories. And so somehow I had to figure out how I could actually make a living doing those two things. It costs money to travel, and it doesn't cost necessarily money to write, but it costs you time, and if you would like to get published, uh, it will cost uh, to publish. And I decided, how can I figure this out? I have a background in education, and I figured, hmm, how can I do this? Instead of necessarily having a game plan, I said, let's go on an adventure. I ended up in Cuba, yes, the once forbidden island, about five years ago. And when I fell it was, in love with When it. it was still forbidden. <laughs> when it was still forbidden, yes, yes. And I fell in love with it. It was fascinating. And I spent just a matter of five days there. And it was enough to say to myself, I've got to make this a component of my next chapter. Lo and behold, after sharing a couple photographs on social media, a job offer landed in my lap. It was to lead educational tours to Cuba. And I said, oh my God, I couldn't even imagined a job description that would blend traveling uh, as well as my educational background. And then when I wasn't traveling, that I could share the stories about it. And that has led to my third book, talking about my travels to Cuba over the last five years and the doors of the world that this isolated island has led me to. And so what was it uh, that, that was the sort of the impetus that got you to Cuba the first time? Curiosity. Uh, I had five days of vacation time. It was around the holidays, 
And as I said, I got the retirement move out of the way. I'm not one that likes to warm up the car, scrape it off a couple times throughout the day. I wanted to go someplace that was warm, tropical. Living in South Florida, I looked at the options. I had been to Jamaica. I'd been to Puerto Rico, some of the other islands. And I said, what's the largest island that's looking me straight in the face? And there was Cuba. And... Uh, it is unbelievable. Um, in 60 minutes, you travel back in time, 60 years. So it's like the Back to the Future DeLorean, except <laughs> for in one straight shot. And so, and so, and so, give us, give us the flavor. What, what is it about Cuba? So you've got the the going back in time element. What is it about Cuba that just really sort of captures your spirit? It's a sensory explosion from the contrast of colors and dilapidated buildings to just gawking at this rolling museum of the cars to the sounds of the complex rhythms of the Cuban bands. And we're not talking like a duo or trio of Cuban musicians. We're talking the whole entourage. There are four or five percussionists. There's horns up the wazoo. Everyone is a dancer and a singer, as well as a trumpet trumpet player and saxophonist it's um an artistic hotbed right now it's almost as if creativity is in every cuban's dna and i connected with cuba uh at it at my core when i was witnessing their approach to living in the moment and their perspective on happiness mm. um I think everyone that has had their head out of the sand sometime in the last couple of years has heard something about Cuba and that there are hardships there and they have persevered much. But you wouldn't know it by speaking to any of the Cubans. They are so full of smiles, laughter, genuine, um, good spirit. And I connected with that because earlier in my life, I had a time where I had to shift the bad into something that was better. So let's talk about that a little bit, because I, I think this sort of gets to the crux of without, without that, we're probably not where we are today. And uh, when when some of these balls drop, if you will, <laughs> uh, so 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 tell us about sort of um, tell us sort of about Heidi's life 1.0, and then sort of the shift that led to the the 2.0, 3.0, and 4.0 version of where we are today. Heidi 1.0 was, uh, I would say, cookie cutter, picture perfect. Um, an ambitious, successful travel industry executive, happily married to an executive chef from Brazil, keeping up with the Joneses here in South Florida, having multiple cars, multiple bedrooms, multiple bathrooms, you name it, and then enjoying a healthy lifestyle in South Florida. So water sports, the beach, surf, etc. But I was juggling a lot. And quite honestly, there were days that I would drive to my office or while I was globetrotting the world that I didn't really remember driving to work. Mm. And it was because there was an endless to-do list and 
I really wasn't smelling the roses or here in, in uh, Fort Lauderdale, the hibiscus. Um, on one of my travels, I ended up in Hudson River Valley, New York, and it's a beautiful area of the world. It really reminds me of where I grew up, which is the Mississippi River Valley in the Midwest, except for trade the limestone cliffs to granite cliffs. Right. And it happened to be in the fall. So the one of the things that I missed from that pre-retirement move was the fall color change. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the one thing that is just mesmerizing about those northern cultures. And on a normal Sunday afternoon, I decided I was going to enjoy the fall color change, but take the trash out, maybe the last night's pizza box out before I took that walk. And I can tell you, taking out the trash changed my life and was the spark for this Heidi 2.0 that's now gallivanting uh, through Cuba and beyond. When I exited and went to the dumpster, a thousand pound tree limb struck me and leveled me, knocked me out cold. Now, a thousand pounds of anything that hits you, regardless of way, shape, or form, is going to stop you in your, in your tracks. Right. And it put me on a forced pause. All injuries beside, I had a nine-month recovery from that severe blow. Um, I was unconscious for about five days and a broken neck. And during that time, I was able to really look at my life under a fine, uh, fine lens, almost as if a microscope. Uh, when you refer to when all balls drop, that juggling act that I talked about, that cookie cutter picture perfect life of social engagements, a job, um, a homeowner, all of those things stopped when I had to focus in on my health in peril. Hmm. And so when you sort of describe everything up till this point, right, if we were just to kind of write out what your life looked like on paper, uh, you talked about keeping up with the Joneses, but uh, you were very successful. Your husband's very successful, uh, living in a nice area. You're still traveling the world and doing all of these amazing things, but this endless list of to-dos, what was what was that like for you mentally? Um, uh, you, you know, not being able to stop and smell the hibiscus. Uh, so what was going on sort of with you internally that, uh, that you were pondering? Was this like, you know what, I need to make some changes, but maybe slowly over time? Uh, so what, what were you sort of pondering? In that juggling act that I was doing, I didn't take the time to evaluate, reflect, think about it all. I yeah. mean, it was either a running to-do list as I'm driving, or it was worrying in bed about something that I was needing to do the next day. And I think that that's a common occurrence of many people um, right now in our society, that we've taken the multitasking Olympics, you know, into our lives. And um, I was trying to win the competition who can keep all of this together and be perfect. Right. But uh, that definition of perfect is not what my current definition of happiness or uh, life 2.0 
would ever be. And so, as you mentioned, sort of, uh, uh, you decided to take out the trash. You know, the universe has a wonderful sense of humor, doesn't it? Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> so, you take out the trash, and five days later, you're waking up in the hospital with a broken neck. And, and so, for the next nine months, you're going through this recovery, and obviously, a huge, dramatic sort of recovery that you're going through, but describe... Describe the mental and emotional uh, uh, shift that was taking place at the same time. Like many stories that are traumatic, there's many modes that you shift through. The first was denial because I thought, okay, I'm going to get right back on my iPhone. I'm going to cancel some meetings, but I'll be back on the road and able to you know, travel to Berlin maybe in a month and a half. Right. I, th- I didn't think a broken neck meant nine months or even longer. Uh, I thought, oh, this is kind of like a broken arm. I'll just cast it up and get on with things. So at first, I didn't really process what was going on. Then when I left the hospital and I started seeing, yes, okay, I'm, I'm okay to now be in a home with follow-up appointments, I started seeing the limitations of what this new life was going to be and recovery was going to be like. And I got very angry because I felt that I had lost my health, my job, as well as my freedom as an adult. Uh, um, I was limited to an immobilization brace that is called, ironically, a Miami JTO. Which okay. kind of sounds like, you know, a sports car that you would drive <laughs> it does. down South Beach. It does. But I actually really looked like the Star Wars Stormtroopers. It was white, in fact, and so it mm. limited my movement, my vision, everything. And I called it my cage. It was like my prison, but it was my key to freedom that I'm living right now. Um, so I got really angry at this, and I got very angry at uh, the healthcare system. To navigate through the healthcare system when you're in pain uh, is just horrible. And uh, one of the things that I learned through the experience was how much you have to be your own healthcare advocate and how much you have to follow up to make sure that you come out of the system healthy. So I call it self care. Um, I have to do, I have to say that I could give Meryl Streep a run for her money with some of the adult temper tantrums during this anger phase of, (laughs) of my, of, of my recovery because I didn't know when they would come on. I didn't know if it would be at a doctor's office or if it would eventually uh, be in other parts of my life that I needed to organize. Because when you have something so dramatic as a thousand pound tree limb and your neck being broken, there's a ripple effect to that trauma. And what happened was I received an unexpected call from my employer saying, we need to move on with things and we can't wait until you can return. So my financial stability and my professional identity had been taken from me and then if that one two sucker punch of health and job wasn't enough i also found out that my husband had been living a double life so i have to say the most painful blow of that fall was actually the last right the marriage disintegrate disintegrating in front of my eyes. 
So you have you have your health, you have your health, you have your finances, you have the identity that we have wrapped up in our profession, and then we have our our, our safe haven, our, our our marriage, the 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 you know the person that we we, we probably trust and uh, uh, and seek safety the most. All of this is just stripped away from you, really kind of in one fail swoop. Uh, and so how, wh- where does that take you, Heidi, where does that take you t- to a place or how, a- and what is it, what is it that allows you to shift into inspiration, into positivity? Because th- th- those are the scenarios that would end or break most people. So what was it for you when, you know, it was your proverbial rock bottom. What was it for you that allowed you to start climbing out? I had at that point a clean slate. And it was from what most people say, the bottom of my barrel. But I had a choice at that point to do, I guess I could have done three things wallow in self-pity, poor me, poor me. I could start rebuilding my life, you know, to that former life, because that would be pretty easy. But I chose the latter to say, okay, what would be the next level to my life? What is going to allow me to not repeat this mistake? Mm -hmm. Is it living a life that is more aligned with what I am fascinated about, that I wouldn't care if I received a paycheck from it or not? During that time, I couldn't have recovered just on my own. I had a team of people, whether it was doctors, surgeons, therapists, neurologists, but also friends and family and and people that I virtually connected with that supported me through this. And, And with their support over almost a year, I decided to really take out the trash literally and figuratively. Right. So I took out uh, the trash and decided to say, I'm going to start a new type of career. I'm going to divorce and I'm going to prioritize my life with my health as number one, my connections to people, number two, and freedom as my third. And so every decision that I would make in creating and architecting this life 2.0 had those pillars. What would you say sort of was the biggest decision or the biggest step that you took that really sort of helped you uh, move in the direction of this new life? That it was okay to uh, step forward and it may be the wrong path. It was okay to fail because as long as I wasn't going to be dying or injuring myself, it was going to be okay. It was worth the, the, the lesson. It was, it was worth, worth it to get the bruise. It was 
worth it because I was moving forward. I think a lot of us are afraid of the what ifs, but that holds us back. And at what point, at what point did you sort of, you know, stop and reflect and say, wait a second, this is awesome. Like this is, this is the life that I want to live. Was there a moment where it just kind of hit you? Holy cow. You know, this is, this is what it's all about. I recovered for about half of my time in New York area because I had a doctor that wouldn't allow me to return to South Florida. So I have to say that the real turning point came when I was halfway through my recovery, recovered enough that that doctor would relinquish his control and I could return to my home. With that said, it was a a bittersweet return to my home because the home had remained the same, but I was entering the home with different. I looked at it through different eyes. And being in this familiar setting, but with this just so much more wisdom was the turning point. So I would say a lot of people do a pilgrimage back to a place or to a person or um, maybe it's not actually physically traveling. Maybe maybe it's reading a journal or maybe it's virtually traveling through another form to a place that is their turning point. So for me, it was coming home to South Florida. And, uh, and, and when you look at your life now, and, and obviously the, the sense of freedom and adventure that it has, what is it that you do, sort of, how, what does your life look like on a daily basis that really reflects this, this newfound freedom that you have? I have adopted the way to keep the lesson learned from that thousand pound tree limb into my life with the word adventure. And a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm not an adventure lover. You know, I don't jump out of planes. I don't do things like whitewater raft or travel internationally. But I define adventure as something that puts you in the zone. So it could be a soft adventure. It could be an emotional adventure, like entering the dating world again or mentally doing something that's challenging, learning another language or writing a book. It puts you in the zone so that to-do list that I had in Heidi 1.0 no longer exists in that adventure. So my daily life or my weekly life involves doses of adventure so that I can have those moments of being in the moment. And it also brings this ability to see things more clearly through a different perspective. And that's the biggest gift that I received from that big bonk on the head. And and this, this you know, sort of Heidi's Life 1.0 with keeping up with the Joneses, um, uh, sort of uh, mental list of things. How are you different now as a result? shifted much less about titles, positions, possessions. It is much more about the experiences. And 
and the relationships. Everything that has happened from, well, I guess throughout my life, but that I'm I have acknowledged it much more strongly since the accident is that everything has come in life because of timing and the connections that you have, uh, whether it's friendships or bonds that you make. No, I love that. Yeah, I love just that idea of timing. I, I, I've been speaking to uh, a lot of friends and people recently just about that idea of of divine timing, right? When, when, when pieces sort of fall in line right at the right time, um, instead of forcing those pieces uh, into place. Now, when you were, you were talking about Cuba, the, one of the things that stood out to you was um, the, the Cuban people's ability to sort of live and stay in the present moment. And it sounds like that that is sort of a space that uh, uh, you are in on a daily basis um, with your with your new life. What is it about the work that you do now and leading these adventure trips over to Cuba that really inspires you uh, with the people that you are taking over there? It's it stems from my past in education. It's actually a classroom without walls that the light bulbs are going off in these travelers' heads of a different way of life. Uh, and although they may not adopt those particular practices into their home, they return to their homes with a shifted perspective perspective. I feel that travel is one of the best ways to shift one's perspective. People aren't aren't able to travel every single day of the year or of the month, but there are opportunities to travel, whether it's even in your own state, that you come back to your neighborhood and you may be grateful for things or you may decide to uh, shift things because of a lesson learned on the road. In Cuba in particular, I think that one of the things that people notice is their genuineness and that they're present in a conversation. Although cell phones are coming becoming a little bit more common in Cuba, you will see when all a Cuban family gets together, there are no cell phones, there are nothing but enjoying the slow roasted pork, the taste of the refreshing mojito, or dancing to the music with their friends. It's not that you're there in the at the dinner party, but not really there. Because I think we've all felt that the person across the table from us at dinner wasn't really talking to us, although their mouth was moving because they were thinking about something else or they were texting at the same time. So that is one thing that every single time I go to Cuba, I, I hone in on. And it's something, it's a life lesson for all of us here, and I'm sure in other parts of the globe. What is a misconception uh, that you think sort of uh, Americans especially have about Cuba uh, that, uh, that just simply isn't true or they would be surprised by? I think that Americans are scared to go to Cuba. They think that it is a third world country and that it's dangerous. It is absolutely the safest country that I have ever traveled to as a solo traveler, as a female traveler. There is very little crime. Um, it is illegal to 
own guns there, and I've been there for the last five years. Nothing has happened to myself or nearly the 500 people that have traveled with me up at this point. It is very safe, warm, and now's the time to go to experience it in its transition. Just like people go through transitions from Heidi 1.0 to 2.0, Cuba right now is shifting to Cuba 2.0. Right. Well, you've sold me, Heidi. You've sold me. (laughs) And thank you so much for offering to take me and my family of five for free. That was so gracious of you. <laughs> now, Heidi, there's so much. There's so much more to your story, and uh, we have so little time. But you have the three books to uh, to tell it. So, how can people find you online? How can they find your books? Uh, I know you have the audio version as well. So, go ahead and plug away. Connect with me on my website, which is HeidiSiefkus.com. That's H-E-I-D-I. S-I-E-F-K-A-S.com. You'll see my blog there, information about my books, as well as you can sign up for my sassy newsletter with adventure updates. If you're interested in purchasing the books, you can do so from the website and it will send you to Amazon. Amazon has both the print versions and ebooks as well as the audio versions, whether you choose to do it on Audible or in iTunes. Fantastic. And Heidi, again, uh, <clears throat> such an amazing story. And uh, I will definitely include the link uh, to your website, uh, it, whether people are following me on Podbean or finding this on my podcast page for my website. I will include links to, to Heidi so that you can find her easily. Um, and Heidi, uh, again, just uh, your story, uh, your life is, is a wonderful example to me of, of what a yes and life and a yes and mindset is truly all about. You are truly living yes and. And uh, it is uh, just an honor and a pleasure to have you on the weekly app. So thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Thank you as well. And I wanted to give you kudos for your book. I received your assigned copy and I enjoyed it thoroughly from my hammock in my backyard. And um, I enjoyed what you wrote in here, which says, Heidi, thanks for the support, and here is your next yes and adventure, Travis. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, and uh, and you truly are going from adventure to adventure. So uh, so keep it up. I can't wait to join you on one of these adventures, and uh, and just keep living your yes and. Thanks, Heidi. Thank you. So there you have it, uh, the weekly Yes I Am podcast for this week, episode 21 with Heidi Siefkes. Uh, such an inspiring story and uh, such a joy to talk to. So thanks for listening to the weekly app. And again, a reminder for those of you to sign up for 10 days to get unstuck starting May 15th. Go to the events tab on my website. And again, Heidi, a clear example of someone who went through some major, major stuck in her life all at once and uh, and turned it around in, in an inspiring and motivating way. So once again, thanks to Heidi. And uh, make sure you guys, too, sign up. Or even if you're not stuck, but you just want to, uh, to just thrive or take on a new challenge, I think the program will be right up your alley. So there you have it, everyone. Have a wonderful week. And uh, go out there and live your yes and. Take care. Mm-hmm.